everyone, and welcome to Game Studies Review. My name is Alex Lane. I almost said Pickens. Is that not the weirdest thing ever? How long has it been since you introduced yourself as Alex Pickens? That was 16 years, I think. Wow. Jeez. Jeez Louise. Anyway, um, Lane. Definitely Lane. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm with my buddy Cody. And I have only ever introduced myself as Cody Reimer. and the patriarchy. It's the patriarchy. It's also uh, to conceal my alter ego and secret identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm your other co-host, and we're going to be talking about some some interesting game studies scholarship uh, today. And we're talking specifically about an article that you chose, Alex. So why don't you introduce the the piece and the author for us? I did choose this. I did choose this. Um, I was deep diving into how game design and UX overlap. Accessibility is a great place that they come together. And I ran across this article. I think it's technically not even out yet. It's a zero zero in uh, games and culture. It was like one of those early preview guys. Uh, And it's called How Accessible Is This Video Game and Analysis Tool in Two Steps uh, by Maria Eugenia Lorena Morales. And we have a new little segment we're going to have from now on where yeah. we intro the author. We kind of do that anyway while Cody does when cuz he is the um the backbone of this podcast. You <laughs> you, you elevate well, you're let's... the glass and the stir stick. Um so we're going to introduce the author a little bit. Do a little digging on the author and introduce them. So I will do that now. What were you going to say? I was I'm trying to parse the the metaphor of the glass and the stir stick. Uh oh. but yeah, I was I wanted to give you credit too because you you call me the backbone, but you do all of the audio editing and the management of all of the kind of podcast uploads and all of that sort of I stuff. I like so. to think I'm the wind and you're the sail. That's what I like to think. Well, I like that metaphor. Um so the glass, like uh you're the straw that stirs the drink. Like you you don't hold the drink together. You're not the drink itself, but you're the straw. Like you stir that's me. I'm the, I'm the straw. I like mix it up. Uh, but you're like the glass that's holding us all together. Okay. Sure. Yeah, um, we can go. We can go with that. I think that works. Good. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Maria Eugenia Lorena Morales holds a BA in translation and interpreting from the Autonomous University of Madrid and an MA in audiovisual translation. Uh, and then she currently is a pre-doctoral researcher working on video game accessibility and potential applications of audio description to the medium. Uh, She is on a PhD grant linking researching audio descriptions trans uh, called, I guess it's called researching audio description, translation, delivery, and new scenarios, also known as the rad project, which researching audio description. It's totally rad, totally rad, totally rad. I love that acronym. So she does the media accessibility and interested in music, audio visuals. So Lots of music stuff, which is appropriate, it sounds like, for accessibility, because accessibility for um, non-seeing and non-hearing players is the biggest area of research for uh, accessibility in games. So I'm not surprised that she has that background, and I'm ready to dive in. Makes sense. You want to tell us, summarize the the article for us and and sure. uh, talk about what it's trying to do, and then we can you know chat about how well it does it and what's going on with it. Let's do it. So it's structured as follows: first, latest developments in game accessibility are briefly outlined. Then, previous efforts to integrate game accessibility guidelines 
Third, the proposed analysis tool that she's uh, proposing here with research design method, yada, yada, yada. And then it's applied to Last of Us Part Two. So um, this, the goal of Morales here seems to be cobbling together a lot of disparate accessibility guidelines. And m my students in game design programs are really uh, always wanting like a guide, a checklist, something to see sink their teeth into that they can use as a starting point. And it sounds like there are many, 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 many different ones. So she's sort of updating us, quick overview, and trying to uh, propose her own analysis tool. Uh, she says, quote, this paper presents an analysis tool in, it, in two steps that aims to contribute to the systematization of game accessibility features. It adopts a mixed methods approach where quantitative data is collected through an integrated checklist and qualitative data is gathered from accessibility reviews written by users. The checklist integrates the recommendations made by all three stakeholders in game accessibility uh, users, industry, and academia. And qualitative results emphasize the key role of users in accessing accessibility. So it's a big part of her project is making sure that whatever her tool does not exclude the qualitative, it does not exclude the quantitative, um, the player, the developer, she wants to cover as much as possible in this tool and pull together all these different things. Um, I think the okay so let's see oh no my copy and paste didn't go all the way through here uh the the tool the checklist is mixed me mixed methods tries to balance those areas there's uh let's see she goes into the four guides i'm going to have to pull up the article now cuz i thought i copied and pasted this in here but uh you can if you remember off the top of your head well yeah my my memory is that she is uh is it it is it she her it is uh, she her pronouns? on her Post that's that's what I thought. But I, website. I yep. had a, I had a brief moment of of uh, uncertainty. Yep. Uh, my my understanding is she's trying to balance when you say those areas. It's specifically academia, industry, uh, and players, right? Yep. So it is all three of those areas, and she wants to be as broadly inclusive of different genres, player profiles, uh, platforms, titles. Um, as all encompassing and system systematizing as possible. Um, but I have one question for you, Alex. Shoot. Uh, what is the purpose of this tool? Well, I think that's a great question because as I read the article, I thought it would be a tool that, like I had mentioned, like students could apply. Like they take this checklist and go apply it to their game to check the different areas so of accessibility. Well, I would use it for students, for developers, for designers. But that is, is not she... what she makes. <laughs> so well, I... and she explicitly says this is not for developers. Right. So it's that is a very good question. So as I'm reading, and which is why I chose this article, I thought we yeah. were going to get a great applicable checklist, sort of like all the ones she's reviewing that I could give to somebody and say, here's a good place to start. Because obviously you can't be like, check, 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 check. Okay, no accessibility issues here. It doesn't work like that, but a place to start. But yes, this is not a, this is not that. So what is this tool? Well, so that was one of my frustrations, I guess. Let me, let me first state before I get into frustrations, uh, 
you know, I was excited for the article. Uh, I think mm-hmm. a lot back to our review of Mark Brown and Sky Laurel Anderson's piece from Games and Culture. That was a 2021 article on designing for disability. And I really liked that article. And I think about it from time to time about how well they sort of captured um, the state of accessibility in uh, design and video game design. Mm-hmm. And so I was excited to read this and see like, you know, this is, it's been two years. This is going to give us you know, a, an analysis tool um, is is what the title is. And I was curious what that was mm-hmm. supposed to look like. And I think it the article does a good job of overviewing some of the disparate ways that accessibility gets addressed in mm-hmm. academia, in industry and from players. And that's reasonable. But then there's a move to like, we need to systematize accessibility and i guess that that move for me um needs more exploration of the if we're thinking of like toolman and argumentation of like the warrant right like why does it need to be systematized why is that valuable i think accessibility is important and everybody needs to care about it and we should value it and right full stop but I don't know why we are trying to systematize a checklist because what ends up happening as I read through the articles, it's, uh, you know, uh, Lorena Morales says, okay, so all of these people have different purposes and different audiences that they're trying to accomplish with how they talk about accessibility. The players are giving reviews for, is this accessible as players with different disabilities? The industry, the Xbox accessibility guide is like, here are tech specs, technical specifications on like how to do this thing. And academics are like, Talk, doing their, their ivory tower thing and talking yep. about like it as research and in other ways, all different purposes, all different audiences, all different approaches to the similar thing. And so this move to say, we're going to systematize this uh, and, and, you know, make one thing out of all of this leaves me going to, to what end, like, you know, we are now, yes, everybody cares about it, but putting all of these together doesn't mean that it, it now works for everybody. And I think one of the shortcomings in the article is in in recognizing and addressing that because uh, the author even says, well, you know, this checklist that I have sort of made from all of these others is pretty long. So it's not really going to work for developers. That's right. And it's like, well, so then what are we doing here? Is this is this for, you know, academics? Is this for players? Is this it's not for everybody, even though it's trying to be for everybody. So are we, you know, are we overstepping? And ultimately, like it got addressed. She um, explains in like the conclusion Elaborating, quote, the main application of the analysis tool is to describe the accessibility of a certain video game. As such, it is a tool for research and not game design because with 41 accessibility features, it may be considered lengthy, end quote. So she says, you know, it aims to be broad enough to cover any genre, platform and technology, but not every purpose. And so the idea is that it's in two steps and it's what she says is quantitative, which was like identifying and numbering all of these different checklists and aggregating them into a uh, one primary checklist. Okay. Uh, but then the second part is qualitative and it's looking, reading user reviews for an existing game. And so that was like a record scratch moment for me of like, well, wait, what are we doing with this? Are we thinking about a checklist for a game that's already out? What does that get for us? Is this more of like, 
thinking about the players and whether it's working for them, they're already doing it. Is this for researchers to see, to talk? Because it's certainly not for developers then. And up until that moment, it had been kind of like, let's make it as useful for everybody as possible. Mm -hmm. And then there was the record scratching. But wait, developers probably won't find this, you know, they'll find it maybe too cumbersome. And so there seems like it's a misalignment in the methods. Like if we're trying to be as inclusive as possible and aggregate checklists to have a systematization for us to better understand where it's coming short and critique the industry and ha have them try to do better for uh, players to find out which ones they shouldn't be playing. The, there, it felt like there was a misalignment in the methods and in the purpose of. But of even then, a player is not going to go there to look for forty. Was it forty-seven different accessibility? Like right. if it had, they'd say, "Well, I have particular experience in this, or I want one that does this, this, or this, or I'm interested in audio ones." Which those things already exist. Then those like guidelines or checklists or whatever. So if yep. they're looking for games that they're not going to look for all the points. So. So what is this tool then? Is right. It 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 felt like it was trying to do something noteworthy, but I'm not sure to what end. So you know what this reminds me of when we were in grad school, and I'm not going to call it up, but one of our professors was really interested in a journal of failed experiments because you learn so much from them. Like I learned so much from this about like oh, accessibility has different standards, different guides, different checklists, different whatever, based on the specific situation. And that like makes sense. So going into it thinking, oh, I can make one guideline for all accessibility for all video games is not a, a well thought through goal because they it will be so enormous to like the, the the perceived ease of use will be so poor that no one would actually use that. They would just go back to the checklist for the specific concerns that they have. Um, if it's going to be all encompassing, it's not going to be very usable. So like that is a failed experiment that we can learn a lot from in accessibility studies because like this goes and, and she does an amazing job going through what's out there. Like I can't even imagine how long that all would have taken. Like, no, thank you. That that was an enormous amount of work and very, very well articulated, like yeah, I brought so together. Undoubtedly, make no mistake, I think that there's smart stuff in this article mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to like make a dig at at, you know, the, the work it's doing. I just found myself kind of stymied by wondering, like, so who is supposed to be using this and to what end? And I didn't get that answered until the very conclusion. And so I was left, you know, feeling slightly kind of frustrated at at reconciling what's going on, because there's this great kind of, you know, aggregation of these checklists mm -hmm. in terms of combining those references in a very like as a researcher you appreciate that granularity and then you're like but players aren't gonna you know it's not technical enough for developers and it's too too uh, you know cumbersome for for players and i do love um, the idea of mixed methods like don't just go to the checklist and take x y or z organizations say so like let's see what the users are saying too and bring them in from the beginning that's a core component of techcom right like have the stakeholders be a part of assessing accessibility or whatever i love that idea I just didn't understand how the qualitative speaks to the quantitative in an informative manner in like a mixed methods fashion. If we're doing either, it, it seemed like a sequential mixed methods approach, right? First you do the quant, then you do the qual as opposed mm -hmm. to like parallel or tandem mixed methods or, or layered or whatever. But like, so we've got this checklist 
And then the qualitative was we're going to go either you would do a focus group or that wouldn't really work. So then we you can read user reviews and the focus group is like, well, if that's if you're trying to like apply it in game right as a right. developer and that's not what's happening here so then it's not it's reading just reviews but to what end what it's are you just you're reading to, the reviews says, to revise the checklist well she says the main application of this describe the accessibility of a specific game like you said earlier like so it's it's just be for academics so then when we're doing a rhetorical right. analysis of a game here's our but then i don't think we need this enormous of a checklist either well, maybe we do because we're academics and we like that amount of sophistication, granularity and nuance. But then it's not as like, I guess, in, in the sense that it's inclusive enough that we've grabbed checklists from, uh, you know, devs and players and included them for our purposes. But, but then, I guess my my thought was that the impetus would be like this would be useful for everybody for all purposes. Yeah. And so maybe it just needed clearer framing from the outset that this but, is. The, like we move too slow in academia for that to be useful, right? Because these guidelines are going to be updated as technology changes and as ideas and approaches change. It's, they're going to be changing constantly. We can't update this tool constantly. We can barely send an email in academia within a week, okay? Like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I do a little bit better than that. Speak for yourself, you say. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's going to be outdated so quick as technology changes. Yeah. I think I think if if I were to reread the article, um, you know, and maybe I just missed it uh, in in my first pass and it's somewhere, you know, uh, that uh, didn't get sufficient amount of my attention to appreciate, but a clearer framing up front for like this, this is an analysis tool in two steps for academics to use to systematize academics efforts to appreciate what's happening in accessibility from these different sectors for academic inquiry. Perfect. I get it. Makes sense. But yeah. I was thinking like, this is an analysis tool and it's broadly inclusive. And so to me, that communicated like it's meant to be used by everybody for all the purposes. Well, and, and she says in the not that. In, in the abstract, um, this paper presents a game analysis tool in two steps that identify accessibility achievements and pitfalls to improve current practice. Now, perhaps that means the current practice of how we analyze ex game accessibility in academia, but it, that sure sounds like identify yeah. accessibility achievements and the pitfalls to improve. That sure sounds like it's going to go towards industry. Yeah. But either way. I think I, there's a lot of, you know, I could sit, you know, and split hairs about the kind of purpose and framing and and arrangement and the order of information, because, I mean, we're we're writing instructors and that's, what, that's we, what we do. That's what we do. If I'm trying to be generous and like think about the value here, I think there is definite value in the work of identifying and scoping the accessibility yes. guides identified. And there is a lot of really good work there. I think the aggregation of the lists and the coding that went into the list and the quantified yes. kind of methods was great and super helpful for other researchers. Um, I think the qualitative section um, as it relates to the overall endeavor is, you know, probably a spot that needs to be kind of shored up. Mm -hmm. But I think that 
anything that's trying to do mixed methods gets a thumbs up from me. True. Um, and so I think there is an opportunity to think about how mixed methods or how a qualitative component can uh, help inform and improve the sort of what she's calling the quantitative uh, section wherein she aggregates these checklists. And mm -hmm. for anybody who's trying to kind of get caught up on thinking about accessibility from a researcher's perspective or somebody who's interested in, in games at all, even developers, if they're reading academic literature on it, this is a great place to, to go. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just echo that and say, I think I will use this article often for references, like going in and and going through as I do accessibility in my games classes, um, I definitely think I'll be back to this article many times. So absolutely. I think that's a pretty good bottom line. <laughs> All right. Bottom line it is. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Cody. And we'll uh see you back in a couple weeks. Yeah, looking forward to it.